What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Empower Podcast. This is episode I don't even remember anymore, which is probably a good sign. Um, we've been at this for probably close to three months now. Um, so, yeah. So, in this episode, we don't have a guest. It's just uh, Steve and I today. Um, Steve and I are just having a really interesting conversation. And I actually stopped him just so that he could actually kind of like talk about this a little bit more on the podcast. So, just to, guys, just to give you a quick recap. Um, he mentioned um, basically showing your worth in the workplace, making sure you document it, and um, yeah, I can go from there. You were just getting ready to mention a story with a previous coworker of yours, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and this is another one of those things that uh, I had to learn on my own and through my own mentors because it wasn't something that I learned at school in my formal education. So the purpose of this is to find ways to to leverage uh, to to know your own worth and how you can um leverage that to get raises and also um or get promotions or even get other jobs and the way that you do this is by putting your work and translating it into dollars and cents for a company so the example i was going to give was that a um a person that I'm mentoring is currently working at uh, he's working in like a, the accounting department. And um, one of the things that he did is he wrote a script on a spreadsheet and it's something that helps save him and his coworkers literally like, let's say 10 hours per week on the jobs that they do. Right. So if he's saving the company 10 hours a week, if you average that by the uh, you know the average cost they're pay- paying their workers for that time, you can take that amount and spread it across a year and put into dollars and cents how much money he's saving the company by creating that one spreadsheet. And if he does something like that and records it, and let's say the dollar amount is he saves the company $200,000 a year, right? That if he has that, he can use that as a justification for when promotion time comes around. Hey, look, I saved the company $200,000 per year, not just this year, but years going forward because they are using this program. Wouldn't that justify me wanting or me asking for a $20,000 a year raise, right? Because if you're saving the company $200,000 a year based on something that you did, right, that shows a business justification uh, why you are worth more. And I would even say that even $20,000 a year in that cent- or in that particular uh, scenario would be kind of underselling yourself. So one of the important things to do is while you are working is find a way to translate the things that you do into, into like actual monetary terms so that you can have it at your disposal for when it's needed. So even if it's not, if you're not going to get a raise, that's something that's great to put as a bullet point on your resume. Saved X amount of dollars for the company over, you know, what span of time. Um, Cause that's one of those things where it, it puts it more, it makes it more tangible, like what your skill sets are and the things that you're able to accomplish instead of having like some generic bullet point, uh, like, helped people it you know 
get their uh, get their work together you know, on, on a on a resume if that makes any sense. Um, another example that Byron had mentioned was uh, I had a former coworker who at his current company uh, he was a contractor and he was not getting uh, a a permanent role even though he was at a uh, he was at the company for like three plus years. So what I did is me being a, a recruiter now is I helped him find um, some other companies that were willing to pay him exact like not only what he wanted, but even more. And uh, they were going to give him a permanent position. And he was able to leverage that information and say, hey, current company, these other companies are reaching out to me and they want to pay me to move to their companies. And he showed that to um, to his manager, and they're like, "Hey, you know what? We absolutely love your work." And uh, it lit a fire under their butts, and said, "Hey, you know what? We're." They offered him a permanent position. They offered him a role doing what he wanted to do, um, and, and give him opportunities to grow. And but they never would have given him that had he not went out into the job market and said, "Hey, you know what? These other places are, are looking to um, they're looking to hire me away from here." So, I mean, that's the beauty of having to uh, of having an open market is you can, you know, put your skills out, um, you know, and advertise them. And then whoever you can see who's willing to pay you more or what you're worth um, to get a job done. So, uh, yeah, that's just a couple of examples of how I've helped people in their careers, um, not just getting the job, but what happens after you get the job. Because the learning doesn't stop once you get hired on. Actually, the, the learning increases even more once you get there. Um, and Byron, I know that you've, you've kind of felt this firsthand recently. Your new role is like now it's a completely different mind shift from, you know, searching for the job mm-hmm. to at, when you're actually there in, in it. So um, I'm curious to hear, like, what's your experience been over the past, uh, past few months? Um, yeah, it's been pretty interesting. Um... I guess I could say that I'm just getting past that learning hump, those growing pains. Um, so I'm really getting to the point where I, where I feel that I'm being a little bit more productive for the company. Um, and I know you've mentioned this to me. So something that I noticed was they, so this company has been around for a year now. Um, and from the outside looking in, I can kind of see where they can improve, right? Like they're already, they have some good systems in place, but I've been kind of thinking, where's something that I can step up and really kind of fill a hole in, like find a niche mm-hmm. uh, that could really speed up the workflow. So that's been something that I've been thinking about, um, especially with talking to you in the past couple of months as I got this position and everything like that too. Yeah, absolutely. And like the cool thing is like, if you're mindful of what are the, the problems that you find solutions to and find ways to monetize, like to, to, quantify and monetize those things that's that's exactly what i'm talking about so if you're able to find um ways to streamline your process where you save you know 20 hours a week right that's that's real money that you're saving this company because not only do you not have to do that thing anymore but you're able to focus your time and energy on activities that are even more important right 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 so just keep in mind the things like that. And sometimes it's as simple as like you find a cheaper subscription, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Something that's cheaper and easier to use. And then you can put that in dollars and cents. Like if you document all of those things, maybe over the course of the year, all of these little things that you save 
in turn ha- turns out to be like a hundred thousand dollars a year. And then that's like, dude, that's, that's it. And then you can prove exactly what you did, right? You're not, you're not, you know, generating this out of nowhere. It's not like a guess, but you're actually, okay. So how did you save, you know, a hundred thousand dollars a year? Well, there was this software program that we're, uh, that we're paying for that was what, you know, say $500 a month, yeah. but you found something else that was a lot cheaper. And then you add that up plus all of the other things that you do. It's like, okay, cool. Like for me, writing scripts is one of those perfect examples. Like I'm not even a programmer, but when I was in, um, when I was working as a studio admin, I found this, uh, a script writer called auto hotkey, I think. Um, and I was able to write like a basic script and, uh, from there, I would save so much time from doing, we were manually entering time cards at the time. Um, so yeah, that was just one of those things that I was able to do. And like, I saw, I, I had to find the opportunity for streamlining and then go out and find a solution. Definitely. Right. Definitely. So I, I just talked to some programmers that worked at the company and they're like, yeah, Hey, they were actually the one that showed it to me because there was one employee that was doing it on his own. And then I was like, hey, I could probably take that program and use it for the entire studio. Yeah. And that's what I did. I've been, so that's yeah. how I was able to quantify it. I've been, I've been looking for similar ways to help out um, because we actually had an instance, uh, I want to say two weeks ago. So we have a pretty fast turnaround at our company. We, we produce two shows each week. And uh, one of the things that I noticed was one of our key uh, AR engineers was actually out on vacation. Uh, up until the day before our, our presentation, right? And we really felt the gap, really felt the hole in him not being there, right? So I've been working with him pretty closely now. I'm like, hey, man, so what are the steps, what are the parts in your process that I can take off your plate so that you don't have these late nights, I don't have these late nights, we're getting this stuff done a day or two earlier, so then we're, we're resting easily, going to the show confident that everything is working smoothly and, and as it should be. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's one of those things, like another way of you, making you even more valuable as an employee. It, like, I love that you went to a coworker and asked him about his process because you understanding what he goes through, it allows you to think ahead of time mm-hmm. in, in solving problems instead of giving him, you know, extra work to do. Right. And that, I mean, I think that's a sign of being an amazing coworker. And I think he loves you for that now because you're showing that you want to help him out and you want to make his life easier. Right. Right. Um, And that's one of those things where even though you may not intend to be doing that, he's in his mind, like programming himself. This is why I love working with Byron. Mm -hmm. Right. Because he's, he's, he's helping me out too. Right. And that's something where, who know who knows how that's going to play out in the future maybe he moves to a different company and then you know you're looking for another job right. and then if you ask him for a referral it's like yeah dude i love working with byron because i know he makes my job easier you right, know what i mean right absolutely so so, so many benefits <laughs> from doing something like that and again that's one of those things that they may not necessarily teach you in school but it's it's extremely important in the workplace um yeah good stuff man good stuff uh, yeah, I love it. It's um, it, it's helpful too, and obviously, there's a little bit of a selfishness in there as well. Like you, 
um, which I think, which I think is natural, which is normal. That's not something you should be, that should be shamed, but it makes myself more valuable on the team as well. If I'm, if I'm a part of like those, like essential processes and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's, it's those, it's the, one of the mindsets that I learned from the seven habits of highly effective people is how to make situations win-win, right? So that it's not just benefiting other people, but it benefits ourselves as well. Because naturally we have you know, WIIFM, what's in it for me, <laughs> yeah. right? That's just naturally what we think about because we know our lives and ourselves. But the magic of it is how to make interactions beneficial for the other party as well. Right. Um, and right. It's, it's, okay to be selfish as long as you're also thinking about how it impacts other people as well. If it impacts others in a positive way, it's all good. That's, and that's what this, I, I think that's what being an effective person and being an effective employee, it, that's what it's all about is finding ways to help not just yourself, but your coworkers and the entire company and the customer. It's like, that's the thing is like, how do you have situations where everybody wins, right? Right. The customer, the company, and you as an individual. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I love it. And um, something else that I have, I haven't been really doing it too much yet, but I might do it since there's this, you know, we have the long weekend, is spending some time and actually kind of documenting the stuff that I've contributed so far. Um, because, yeah, like like Steve mentioned earlier, it's pretty, it's pretty important if, like, you're doing salary negotiation. And then another reason for me, too, is... Uh, it's just easier to recall it now versus a year from now because I remember applying for jobs in the future like a year or two after working at a studio while I was in school and I'm like, man, what was the name of that equipment? I remember how to use it. I remember the brand, but if they wanted me to get into like the specific model number, I don't remember that. So I had to text an old coworker and be like, hey, can you, can you let me know what that is? So um, that's something I've been trying to be a little bit more proactive with because like those very specific things are, are going to be things that you will definitely forget and you'll probably shoot yourself in the foot or, you know, if, <laughs> if you don't have that on the resume. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of those things where you can schedule a, like a, a biweekly just appointment with yourself on your calendar. That's a reminder. Hey, what are the things that I accomplished this week? Or what are the things that, um, what are the things that I learned or how, how did I save the company money? And just keeping track of that on an ongoing basis, I think that's huge. And that's, again, one of those things that you don't always necessarily learn in the school, uh, in a school environment is like how to document that stuff. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's something that is done automatically for you that you don't take into consideration when you move into the workplace. Like, for example, in school, one way they take care of it for you is with grades, right? right? So each semester or each quarter, whatever it is, you get your report card or, you know, whatever the transcript is, and they tell you about the grades that you got. Mm-hmm. But it's up to you to, to do that when you become an adult because you don't always get that from your company. So Definitely. now you have to be more mindful of um, like, what are the skills that you learned? You know, how well did you do? And then what are the things that you can improve on from there? So that ongoing process is like such a great discipline to have, um, not just in the workplace, but in your personal life as well. Mm -hmm. Like if if you're looking to improve your health, what are the metrics that you're keeping track of that show that you're moving in the right direction? Right. Is it how fast can you run a mile? Is it um, what are... 
what your uh, your cholesterol, your blood sugar level, those types of things. Yep. Um, yeah, those are. I mean, it's the same exact principle. Is like, how are you keeping track of the things that are important, and then how are you um, using that as fuel to get better moving forward? Yeah, and the funny thing is too. I remember um, during COVID, there was a huge push for productivity at first, being like, "Oh, hey, you have all this extra time. Make sure you use it." But eventually, people realized that it'll burn you out pretty quickly. But I was on a phase where I was like looking for all these different apps that could actually help me stay productive and all these different timers and, and like uh, alarms and stuff like that. But then I realized I have a note app on my phone that came pre-installed. I have an alarm app on my phone that also came pre-installed. Those are literally the basics that, that you own that you would need. You don't need to use something like uh, Trello to keep track of those everyday tasks if you want to schedule or make sure you're, you're uh, staying consistent with, with meeting your goals every so often. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this, part of it is like whatever works best for each individual. Cause some people are still, they still prefer handwritten. That right? They've got their handwritten schedule. And like, I'm the goal is to have like, to be able to keep track of those, the things that are important to you mm-hmm. um, and how you do it. It, it's, it doesn't really matter. And like things change all the time. Like there are different apps that are coming out or, um, you know, whether it's just handwritten, like I would recommend doing something other than just keeping it in your brain. Um, uh, because yeah. your brain can only hold so much information at a certain time. Yeah. Um, but I mean, again, this is one of those things where it's, it's up to each individual and then understanding that there's more than one way to be productive. Right. Because for me, productivity has to do with um, fresh, what I told you about. Right. So finances, relationships, education, service and health. Like how are your activities helping you improve in each of those areas? Right. So it doesn't necessarily always have to be work in order for me to be productive. You know, taking care of my health, my physical, my mental, my emotional health in my, in my opinion, that's being productive mm-hmm. because if my physical health drops off the face of the earth, if I'm, if I'm not healthy, then everything else suffers. Right? right. So that's why I have to keep that and maintain that. Right. If I don't, if I don't maintain my, uh, my education, if I don't keep growing, that's going to be, uh, detrimental in the future. Right. Mm-hmm. So even those, those might not be like productive in, you know, in society sense, I understand that's just one of the principles of um, being a human being these days. Like you have to keep your skills going up. Um, otherwise you're going to fall behind. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's so much, so many ways to be productive. I don't think that it's just in the work or, or financial sense, um, you know, to have that feeling. Yeah, definitely. Um, Cause like something that, that kind of killed me about 2020 uh, was I, I, I'm really into uh, running 5Ks, mud runs, uh, obstacle courses, stuff like that. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to do any because of the pandemic. But I typically like to schedule two a year, so maybe one in the beginning and then one like six months later. Because um, that gives me something to train for, and that's something that makes me feel really good um, to have a goal like that that's uh, just for fun. Yeah. Um, and one of the things about, uh, one of the things that I love about your training is that I know that you've got friends that are doing the same thing, friends that have the same like mindset and are constantly um, like pushing you to do, especially like physical activities. 
stuff like that. Um, and that's one of the, the hacks to use is like if you feel that you're un, undisciplined with regards to certain aspects of your life, whether it's uh, physical or educational or health or something like that, then making promises to people that you care about is a great motivator. Because I, for me, if I'm going to work out, if I'm the only one that's scheduled to go to do a workout, it's, it can be very easy for me to say, you know what, I'm just not going to do it. But I found mentally that if I promise somebody else and tell someone, hey, I'm going to meet you at the gym at five o'clock on Sunday. Yes. Um, then that's that extra motivation. It's like, oh, crap, I don't want to let that person down They're They're they believe me. They trust me to, to go there. So in a situation where I probably would have, you know, let myself slide because there's somebody else involved. It's like, oh, you know what? I need to I need to get my ass on the ball and actually get up to the gym. So another one of the great things about this podcast and, and doing this with you is like, oh, I told Byron I'm going to be there at two. I'd yeah. better be there because I don't want yeah. to let them down, right? Yeah, definitely. And it, it is so funny too. Like you're mentioning like my friends doing these these uh, competitions with me. Uh, I remember having a pretty funny conversation with one of my friends. We signed up for a 5K that we did uh, about three weeks ago. And um, he mentioned that he, unfortunately, he, uh, he sprained his ankle. Um, it was good in time for the competition, but he sprained his ankle while we were training a few weeks before. And he said, yeah, man, it sucks because like I like running with you. Because I don't like to stop until you stop. And I'm like, man, it's funny because I don't stop until you stop. <laughs> so you can imagine we're just running the whole time. We're both totally out of breath the whole time. Right. And that's why competition can be so good because it helps you. It helps you push yourself in ways that you never thought that you could. Right. And that's not just personally, but that's also in business. That's why it's great to have like in video games, why you have different competitors like PlayStation and Xbox. And although they're, they're um, you know, same industry, they're competing against each other. That's why one can't just have, a, you know, they can't just sit on their laurels and not improve because they know that there's other people out there where if they do better, they're going to take away the competition, right? They're going to take away customers. Um, so I'm, I'm of the mindset that competition can be extremely beneficial. Mm -hmm. um, and part of that is like, how are you putting yourself in a position to compete with other people? Even though it's like a friendly competition between you and your friends, right. you're still pushing each other, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And, and it's, a, it's a competition where you guys are pushing each other to improve. It's like... I'm going to out hustle the other person and not I'm going to drag the other person down and sabotage them because right. there's two completely different mindsets. Right. Um, and I think that's a healthy competition where you guys are like, I'm not going to stop until you stop. Right. Mm -hmm. That's, that's where it's healthy. Um, so just being mindful of that slight, uh, that slight mindset change is very important. Definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah, man, it's 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 cool. I always I used to always invite my friends out to do this stuff. Um, but uh, it's like that saying of like, you know, like the freshman 15, like you gain 15 pounds your freshman year of college. Well, in the years since we left high school and, you know, college and stuff like that, <laughs> they've noticed that they've picked up a few pounds and they're like, hey, you know what, Byron, mm -hmm. maybe there's something to maybe there's something to this whole exercise thing. Can I do this with you? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, and that's it. It's so easy to 
help influence other people positively just by doing it yourself, right? Because when they, they saw you do it first and they're like, hey, I like what Byron's doing, we should do it as well. So you didn't even intend to be a leader in that situation, at least I don't think so, but you ended up being a leader. And this is one of those things where your actions can be extremely powerful and you setting the example for others. Um, so just be mindful that people are watching, right? right? And people are following your example. And that's why it's so important to, I mean, we're not perfect, but to constantly strive to improve because other people are watching. And whether you know it or not, that's what the, that's what they're doing. So, and that's one of the things like for me to see you and to have these, see all the ways that you're improving. It's, it inspires me to, Hey man, Byron's, Byron just got a promotion, right? I, you know, what am I doing? Am I, am I actually picking myself up or am I just talking? Right. So, um, yeah. And that's why, like, I see you moving. That makes me well. Right. So, and not just your friends, but other people as well. I know like we've had this relationship where I've been kind of mentoring you. The honest part of it is that I've been learning as much from you as probably as much as you have <laughs> from me. So yeah, that's one of those things where like the same, the mindset, right? Mm -hmm. Even though I've, I've got more experience than you, there's so many things that so much value that you bring to the table. And that's why I have, I love having these conversations because I can, I know that I have the ability to learn something from everyone, right? Mm -hmm. Old, young, you know, male, female, no matter where they're from, they have, people have something to teach me. And now that I have mine, that mindset, um, I think that's been very helpful for me just to open up, have conversations and, and me to continue to grow as a person. So thank you for that. <laughs> thank you. And that's awesome. Yeah. Being open-minded for sure is a pretty big part of it. Um, yeah, it's it's cool, man. Like even in my uh, current work environment, it's a startup. So, due to due to the due to the nature of it being a smaller business, we have to kind of wear different hats. And I like to think that I've uh, accepted that pretty like wholeheartedly. So, um, it was pretty funny actually uh, talking with a couple of my coworkers on Thursday. We had a pretty intense recording session, and um, I primarily help out with like the programming and stuff like that. But also, you know, have that background with audio engineering and all that kind of stuff. So um, one of the AR, one of my AR member uh, team members was just like, Hey Byron, it's really cool that you, you're like, you're kind of like a jack of all trades. He's just like, we're really good, glad to have you. And um, it's like you said, right. I wasn't necessarily uh, talking to him about it, bragging about it, but he just kind of saw my work ethic and I guess it, it uh, shined through. So I'm, I'm really happy to see that, um, that it's been paying off. Yeah. And like that, the, that relationship in a workplace is so important because these are people that you're spending 40 plus hours per week with. And that's why it's so important to, um, to have that, that character trait of just being a cool person to hang around, being someone that people are comfortable working with and being someone that others can rely on because like, Sometimes you spend more time at work than you do with your own family or friends, right? Um, and that's one of those things. That's why your reputation is so important when it comes to getting a job. Like we discussed this in previous podcasts, no like and trust. That trust factor is huge, right? And and we had mentioned this before. It's like you had this, uh, you you have this current uh, relationship with your coworkers. 
who knows how that's going to play out like five years from now. Maybe he moves to a company and you're in search for a job. And like, if you ask him for a referral at this new workplace, what's that referral going to be based on, right? Because if he spent three plus years working side by side and he knows how awesome of a person you are, that's a huge, huge, um, it's extremely powerful if he's making the recommendation because he's not going to want some, he's not going to want to work with somebody that's lazy, right? He's not going to want to work with somebody that's a jerk. And if he's in that position, he can give you a referral or, or he can, <laughs> he can refer you negatively. Right. Cause yeah, you know, there's been someone who has a reputation for being a jerk and, and he's looking for a job and uh, you know, he he I, he interviews for the position, and you know the coworker says, "Hey, don't bring him on because you know he he was a cancer to the team, and he he made everybody feel horrible." So, yeah, that's that's why it's important. So, I mean, good stuff, Mister Byron. Dude, it's really funny. I actually have a story that's related to that. It's not necessarily a coworker, but I used to work at a bunch of summer camps, the YMCA in the, in the LA area, and I remember I had a group of kids. What in my first year? teaching uh first year doing the camp as a counselor one kid always gave me trouble he was cool but he always always gave trouble right and um eventually he got kicked out of that camp and was placed in a he had to go to a different camp and sit in the same area well i got a job there a couple summers later and then they were all complaining about this one kid i'm like hey i remember that kid i had him two years ago and it's just like oh yeah parents thought we wouldn't find out we all you always find out so that's like a similar situation you know what i mean like no one wants to deal with a dick <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so here's the here's the flip side to that though is especially when um like when a lot of time has passed yeah if like you have to give other people the opportunity to grow as well Right. Because just because they're a jerk at one point in their life doesn't mean they're always necessarily going to be like that. Mm -hmm. And that's where part of it is to kind of sometimes you have to take a step back and see, has there been evidence that this person has has switched it around some? Because I've seen plenty of people have that type of switch mindset. Like, for example, my brother, he used to be uh, used to get in a lot of trouble. Let's put it that way. Right. He was running with the wrong crowd. He's, um, you know getting into you know getting into trouble with the law things of that nature. um but something happened in his life where he was able to make a mind shift a mind shift and really understand like he was having he was making a lot of bad decisions and he was able to turn it around he had a successful career in in the uh in the navy and he's highly highly respected amongst his peers right right but he was able to make that switch and that's that's the reason that gives me hope especially for like younger people that they can make a switch because you know when we're when we're young and inexperienced we do stupid stuff i mean even as adults we do stupid stuff right but that's part of learning and not all it's hard because when if you've worked with somebody that's been a jerk for so long it can be hard in the future to see them anything other than that previous experience. But you also have to be mindful that people have, people can grow, people can switch. I, I'm not a, I'm not a believer in that saying a leopard never changes their spots. Um, 
but there has to be solid evidence, like in my opinion, right? What are the things that they've done to show that they've turned it around? So, um, yeah, that's one of the things that, um, that I've had to learn, you know, myself, but that's, I think it's a, a healthy mindset to have to, to be forgiving of others because I know I've jerked many times, not, not intentionally, but I mean, I've made mistakes and I'm so grateful that people haven't held that against me forward. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, that's that for sure. Having that, it's especially over like two years or three years. That's a lot of room to, uh, to, to change for sure. Um, especially as like a kid. So yeah, I can definitely see where you're coming from with that. Um, I guess a big part of that is, uh, being open-minded to, uh, uh, criticism and I guess surrounding yourself by the right people who will be honest with you as well. Right. And I know that's something that we've talked about on earlier episodes of the podcast. Like we brought on our friend, uh, uh, Tony, Remember we talked a little bit about mm -hmm. this before as well, yeah. Yeah, the the people that you surround yourself with is extremely important because they're that there's that saying you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with, right? Mm -hmm. And that's health wise, uh, financially. Uh, I'm I'm a firm believer in that. So it's one of those things where knowing that the the company that you keep around you can be such a, a powerful influence, like, but it's up to you to, to, to audit who are the people that you spend time with and be yeah. genuine about, okay, how are we helping each other out or how are we potentially dragging each other down? Um, yeah. Because it's so easy for, like you mentioned, having friends that are, are there to help push you. It's so easy to have people in your life that bring you down negatively, right? And, yeah. the, you know, who are the people that say, no, you can't. Oh, we shouldn't try that. That's too hard. Or you're never going to get that job because, you know, it's, you know, it, you know, the man's going to keep you down. I mean, there's there's so many examples of things like that. So it's up to you to realize who people around you that are being positive or negative influences and to adjust your your circle of friends accordingly. And it can be tough. Because sometimes the people that are closest to you, like your family, friends, maybe even a spouse, maybe they're the ones that are being uh, the, the people that are holding you back. So it's up to you to be real with them and have those conversations. Um, so, I mean, it's one of those things that it can be tough, but it, you absolutely have to do it. Definitely. And, you know, this is something that that I've thought about uh, quite a bit as well. Um, I know like when you're in grade school, you're like elementary school through high school. And uh, to me, it's a lot, it's a lot more uh, difficult to actually choose who your crowd is just because of your, you're in a bubble, you're in a box, right? Um, mm -hmm. But for me in college moving forward, it became a lot easier. And I've noticed that I still have my friends from high school, but the people I gravitate towards now are a lot different than um, I guess kind of who I was, by circumstance surrounded by when I was, when I had to be in high school, like, uh, for me personally in college, there, there came many points where I wanted to drop out, but, um, like we brought on my friend Jacob Freeland earlier. Um, he's helped start a club as a came game lab at, at school. And, um, I started to gravitate, believe it or not, away from a lot of my music major peers and towards the people in the game development community. And I made, it had such a positive influence on me that I finished school and I really think it's really what got me kind of to where I am today. Yeah. Um, again, <laughs> and that's, that's part of the thing about maturing is when you're young, 
you're just kind of figuring stuff out. You're figuring out who you are as a person. What are the things that you like and dislike? Who are the people that you like to be around? And then as you get older, then you kind of learn. It's like, okay, these are the goals that I have. And who are the people around me that are helping me achieve those goals, right? Um, and it's, it's, it can be natural to change the group of people that you're around depending on what it is that you want to accomplish, right? So if you want to get healthier, it would make more sense to, and if you start going to a gym more, it's likely that you're going to you know, make more friends that are, yeah. that are athletes or that, you know, that work out often. And I think that's a good thing, right? Yes. Um, yeah. But it can work. It can work in the other way, right? If you start hanging around knuckleheads that, you know, all they talk about is um, just partying and having fun and wasting money and uh, and things like that. This is like, okay, well, how's that going to affect you at all? So, um, yeah. I mean, if if that's what you want to do, I'm I'm not here to judge. But like, if that's one of those things where if you're complaining about not having you know, success career wise, but you're going out and partying every week. Maybe that's one of the reasons why you're not having success you want. So, yeah, for I sure. mean, that's up to you as an individual. Yeah. And I think it's a big part of that too, is to have different groups that you can go to for different things. It's like how you mentioned having different mentors. Um, because like, let's say you have friends that you love hanging out with, playing video games and stuff, but they're never going to go to a gym a day in their life. Is it really their fault that you keep getting into arguments because you kind of, you're trying to push them to go to the gym with you? Maybe that's just not with them. With them, your thing is playing video games, doing some of the other stuff. Maybe you should find other people to have more balance in your life, right? I think that's, some, that's something else that I've also thought about as well. Like, it's the, the onus is kind of on like me instead of that other person at that point. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the thing is, like, you understand what's important to you. So if going to gym is important to you, do it. And then your friend, if they don't want to go to the gym yet, maybe they just haven't had that aha to, uh, to realize how important physical health is, right? But there might be a time where they have like some sort of health emergency, right? And then they're like, oh, crap, I can't continue with this way of life. Oh, who's been going to the gym? Byron has. Byron, would you mind mentoring me and showing me how do you have a successful workout routine? How do you have a healthy eating plan, a lifestyle? And that's your opportunity to be able to be the mentor and teach is because they finally had that mindset switch to be open to the information. Right. You know, there's that right. saying that goes... The, the, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And that's why, like, it, in my opinion, I'm just here, like, to take the stuff that I've learned, like, the, the valuable information that I've learned and just sharing with, with other people, my job is to, to be able to do that and look for the signals of when are people ready to hear it. Like, the reason why I love having these conversations is because you're open-minded to the information, Right. You're actually listening and and it's making sense to you. Right. That's what I'm looking for is like, I'm just here to help out people. And then whenever people are ready to accept it and receive it, they will come back. Right. right. So I'm, I didn't try to I'm not forcing you to do any of this and I'm not no. trying to force anybody. I'm just here to speak my truth. And whoever whoever hears it, whoever finds it valuable. Um, you know, they'll jump on board, right? Mm -hmm. So that's one of those things where it can be tough, especially if you have loved ones, you know, something good for them, and you want them to do it so badly, but you can't 
Like you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force them to drink, right? Yeah. Um, so you just got to be ready for when, if and when they make that change. And if they don't, then it's up to you to determine how much time do you want to spend with that type of energy, right? Yeah. Maybe you you limit the energy for a little bit, and then maybe two, three years down the line, that's when that switch happens, and that's when you'll to reestablish the connection with them. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it, it it's tough, but it's something that you got to do. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's pretty interesting. I would definitely say that entering the workforce has taught me a lot of these uh, types of lessons. And um, it's crazy just how applicable it is to like uh, different areas of life as well, too. Um, that's it's it's a lot to take in. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. And like that, that's why I love that book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, like they they don't pay me for any of this like but i just like the value that i found in that book that's why i've read listened to or taken courses on that book literally triple digits in the hundreds right now uh over the past like 10 years because of how impactful it, that has been because the six the successful or the effectiveness that they talk about um and the the principles to achieve that effectiveness it's applicable everywhere in life. It's not just employment. It's as a family member. It's as a friend. It's as a coworker. Um, so, like, and pretty much all of the stuff that I talk about revolves back around somehow to that book, uh, Seven Habits. So, um, yeah, I'm a huge, you know, one of the things about the whole personal development thing is that's a book that I had to go out and find on my own or find out from mentors. Um, it wasn't something that I had learned in school, right? And yeah. it's like one of those things where how are they not teaching this in school? But yeah. when you're an adult, you just it's it's up to you to fill in the gaps, right? You can't just um, expect everything to come from that formal education because some of this stuff should have been taught by parents. And the reality is, a lot of parents out there don't don't know this stuff themselves. Um, but when you're an adult, it's your responsibility to go out and find the information. Yeah, definitely. And you just reminded me of another book. I, unfortunately, I can't remember the title, but I'll, I'll I will look it up after the podcast. But it deals with kind of negotiation, um, uh, and basically just talking to people. It's through this. It's through the lens of someone who was an FBI negotiator for what, like, twenty years or whatever. And mm-hmm. but he explains how he uses it when he's just talking with other people and. It sounds kind of manipulative, manipulative, but it's really the idea of making sure that you're actually listening to people, addressing their concerns, and then either coming up with a solution or coming up with a more, uh, like, reasonable response to them. You know what I mean? Um, so it's 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 the, really really interesting. I think that the book that you're referring to is a "Never Split the Difference" by Never Chris Split Boss. the Difference. Yes, Never Split the Difference. Yeah. That was a good book. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, my goodness. And that's one of those things is like when you get into development and when you find the ones that click, it gets it gets like addicting because you're like you have so many aha moments it's like, oh, my, like, how did I not know this stuff? Right. This is so valuable. Um, and I mean, that's that's the type of impact that I want to have on other people is like because I'm taking essentially all of the stuff that I've been learning from these books and practicing it and and helping teach it because the more that i teach it the better i understand it myself because if i can't teach it that means i don't understand it right yeah um so yeah like that book on negotiating 
there's a lot of the stuff that I talked about that came from that book as well, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, never split the difference. Uh, seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, oh, my goodness. The books that I've read and come across are, uh, there's so many of them that I want to talk about. Um, but, I mean, we've only got, we'll get the, the, the opportunity to in future podcasts. Um, but maybe that's one of the things that we'll do is just, like, find books that we read and, and talk about them and summarize them. Um, yeah, we'll do that. Definitely. Because I'm always watching resources and like something else I've been, uh, or reading or watching resources. And, um, of course I live in the LA area. So with that comes traffic, right? So I've have time to listen to a lot of podcasts and videos and stuff like that while I'm driving. And, uh, I found this channel called film courage, which is pretty interesting. Um, of course it's through the lens of the film industry but I think that there's a lot of similarities between that and gaming industry because it's all entertainment. Um, so it's, it's, it's really cool, like, talking about, uh, like, uh, something that they mentioned that I thought was really interesting was, like, gaining technical skills to gain easier entry, entry into the industry, right? So the equivalent in the, for, like, game design is everyone wants to be a director. Everyone wants to be a director um, in, in film. Uh, maybe it makes more sense for you to become, like, an assistant, uh, work on like uh, sound, video editing, something a little bit more technical, where you're still involved in all of the different facets of the industry. But when it when it's your time, you actually have a well-grounded understanding of the fundamentals. So you're going to make a great product, right? And, and in terms of the gaming industry, because I was thinking about that is you always recommend people get into like QA. And QA probably also touches a lot of different areas. You're probably talking with a lot of different people. So it's the same kind of idea of, hey, don't give up try a different angle. You know what I mean? So it's a really, really yeah. interesting channel as well. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the reasons why not only QA, but also starting off as an independent developer or working with a small indie team. I think that's huge because you get to wear in a small indie team, you get the opportunity to wear more hats, right? Because if you have a development team of like a dozen people, you're not necessarily going to have somebody that's dedicated to marketing or somebody yeah. that's dedicated to only design, right? So being able to wear those multiple hats, that it's it's kind of like a like a sampler, right? You can test out <laughs> different aspects yeah. of the business yeah. and find out which ones really appeal to you. And then that's that can be a sign for you to pursue it even more hardcore. It's like, okay, now I realize that I love marketing, for example. Now I can yeah. spend a lot more time studying that because I know what it actually takes and I know what a marketer does on a day-to-day basis. So that's one of those things where especially young in your career, you may not necessarily know what things are that you love to do. So um, that's, you know, working in a small indie team can give you that opportunity to sample a bunch of stuff and then find out whether the top two or three things that you like and then really hardcore from there. Yeah, definitely. That was one thing that I really appreciated from um, my degree in uh, at SDSU was that uh, I was forced to go into like different different departments to take some classes that not all of them I agreed with, but I guess I'm appreciative that um, I had the experience, so I could say for sure this isn't for me, but I can give you a reason why it's not for me. Um, but there are some classes that I appreciated taking. Like I took a class on photography in the summer, took a class on like illustration, so I learned Photoshop and uh, Illustrator. And I'm by no means a great graphic designer or, or illustrator, but I understand kind of the basics. So if I'm talking to someone 
um, I'm not completely lost in a conversation, right? Because like, like you said, we all have to wear multiple hats. So, uh, on smaller teams. Yeah. Not only that, but it also gives you appreciation for the talents and skills that other people have, yeah, right. And understand that it's, it's hard work to do what they do. Right. Cause like when you see for me, the, an example was seeing a, like an amazing commercial, right before i was just like oh it's a commercial but now that i see the skills that like motion designers have and like how much how much work it takes to make all of these beautiful graphics like oh my goodness that's that's crazy like somebody went to school for you know five plus years and worked in the industry for 10 and that's how they gained the experience to make this beautiful artwork it's like oh my goodness okay now it makes sense Right. And and to have that appreciation and to be genuinely grateful when I like a motion graphic designer, um, you know, it, it just makes me appreciate them more and make enjoy seeing these these works of art even more. Yeah, definitely. It's 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 uh it's amazing too, like the, the kind of stuff they make between the art and especially animation as well, like it's 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 crazy. It's just crazy. Like you hear stuff like the the Spider-Man Miles Morales movie, right? And that was that was a that was a big hit, especially with like the animation in the art communities. They they still kind of uh, bring that one up, you know. So it's it's awesome, like that all the different disciplines. And for sure, I do have greater respect after uh, going through those classes. And like crazy thing now that I enjoy doing is at the end of a movie or at the end of a video game is watching through the credits, not just for like the post-credit scenes, but just looking at all of the amazing people that had to contribute to put together these types of entertainment, right? Like a Marvel movie to sit there and see not just the, the, the main actors, but also who are the production coordinators? Who are the lighting artists? Who are the people that put the CG together and understand all of the, the, hours of time and effort that they put into making this amazing movie that I just watched, right? That's, uh, it's cool because especially me working with these people and finding them like on LinkedIn and looking at somebody in in the credit, oh my goodness, like this, this producer that worked on, you know, the Spider-Man game that I just, that I played and enjoyed. Yeah. Like knowing that I'm talking to somebody that has direct input on creating that game it it helped it it makes me nerd out when i'm having conversations well um and that's just one of the cool things is just like appreciate and i think they like when i'm having these conversations people can genuinely tell how appreciative i am of the work that they put in and that helps us build a connection um yeah so yeah it's just cool thing just and another one of the things that i learned just from working in the industry is that people aren't just names in the credits, but they're human beings, right? The challenges that they've had, you know, the things that the the problems that they've had to overcome just in order to put together a um, like a triple A video game, right? Because the sacrifices that they made with their family, maybe um, you know, or making this game during like COVID times, like yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's awesome. That's how I feel too with the company I'm at, right? It's it's a pre-COVID idea that really got the ball rolling in COVID. So the amount of progress that we've been able to make is is like uh, it's crazy. 
it's it's awesome how everyone like does their part and seeing what they can do and everything and um another example i mean that you brought up right you mentioned like uh watching the credits something that's amazing to me was uh like we mentioned shang chi before we started the trailer um the choreography in that movie was off the charts like i'm pretty sure that dude didn't really know martial arts going in but like for me i grew up watching jackie chan right and he did a lot of his own stunts and you could tell that the camera didn't have to pan away as much because he was actually f- performing the stunts and all that kind of stuff. So it was like, that's, a, that's, that's awesome, man. Just seeing that kind of thing. Like, you know that like, man, this guy had to train for months and months and months to be able to pull off these stunts. Yeah. And, and that's one of those things like having that realization and then saying, Oh my goodness, what could I do if I trained that diligently in martial <laughs> arts? Cause that's, weird crazy like dream of mine is to have a a choreographed like fight scene with somebody (laughs) just out in general public um i think that would be super cool um and yeah that that's that movie that just came out um that's why i'm so in just captivated by seeing people that are able to dedicate themselves to a certain task or a certain genre or a certain skill and then really focus on that and become excellent at it right Mm -hmm. because even like the best yo-yo person in the world right has dedicated hundreds and hundreds of hours to doing that and no matter what the thing is um it gives me a little more appreciation for the time and dedication and i can be appreciative of whatever the hell people are passionate about that if they're following it and that's what really makes them that's what i'm that's what i'm here for is like i'm helping find helping find what people are passionate about and helping nudge them in that direction and find a way to make a living doing that they that thing that they love so much yeah yeah it's awesome man it's so cool (laughs) oh man and with that being said steve we're actually nearing the hour now so um is there anything you'd like to leave them with um i know we talked basically we covered a lot of stuff in this episode but um want to give them like a quick summary of like the most important points maybe reiterate uh w-i-i-f-m fresh and um basically uh what it takes to stand out and documenting your work in the, in the industry yeah um so big part of it is like going back to the seven habits, one of the main habits beginning with the end in mind is like, what are the things, what is the life that you want to have? And then the next part of it is put first things first. Okay. If you have a life that you find that you want in the next 10, 20, 30 years, how are you designing the activities that you want today to get there? Not just the things that you're doing, the mindset that you have, the people that you surround yourself with and making every single day an opportunity to build towards your bigger goals. Um, And understanding that it's not going to be perfect for you or for anybody else, but just understand that we all have the same types of dreams and just find the people that, that fit what your, you know, the, the same goals and mindset that you have and help add them to your team. So you can help each other going back to win, win, right? How do you get what you want and how do you help other people get what they want? Right. That's it. Awesome. Thanks, Steve. And uh, thank you guys for tuning into this episode. Um, and I hope you guys tune in for more. All right. There you go.